Jerry, do you know the human head weighs eight pounds? Did you know that Troy Aikman in only six years has passed for 16,303 yards? It's 815. Do you know bees and dogs can smell fear? Oh, I put Chip on the same floor at the Marriott Marquis. He doesn't smoke, does he? I don't know. Did you know the career record for most hits is 4,256 by Pete Rose, who is not in the Hall of Fame? Do you know that my next-door neighbor has three rabbits? I can't compete with that. He's Bobby Hensley. I'm Sean Styers. We're two guys talking sports movies. We are back with another edition. How are we doing today, sir? Doing great. How are you doing? Oh, it's doing. I'm you seem to see happy you. today. That throws me off. When I'm you're in a happy. better mood. Yeah. Does it? Does it? Does it really throw you that much when I'm in a good mood? Yeah, I want to know what's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's been like I was going to say it's been a while since I've seen you, but I actually just saw you at a Notre Dame football game, so yeah. it hasn't been. Maybe it's because I I did see you, and it's three days. You've lightened up my life. <laughs> A lot of life's happened since then. <laughs> That's right. Hey, we want to remind you, don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes. While you're there, you can rate us, leave us some feedback. Feel free to suggest a movie for us to discuss here on the podcast. We're just cranking them out here lately. Yeah, we'd love some feedback, though. Absolutely. Always good to hear from you and get your rating on iTunes. Our uh, most previous podcast before this was the Rudy Rebuttal <laughs> We've done two Rudy podcasts now. Yeah, isn't that great? Are we going to do a rebuttal on every movie we don't like? I thought about that. Were we setting a precedent that we didn't want to get into when we did the Rudy rebuttal? I thought it turned out pretty good, though. I had fun with it. That's great. I know that you you really relished the opportunity to join forces with someone else because we welcomed in a special guest on that podcast, Vince D'Addario. Well, it's not even like joining forces. You're just so unlikable that we naturally (laughs) came to that side. Are you sure that you're really as likable as you think you are? Oh, I know I'm unlikable. Oh, okay. (laughs) I have no problem with that. All right. Honesty. I like that. That's why we get along. That's probably true. I never thought you're the only person more unlikable than me. (laughs) We're both unlikable and we get along with each other. But you know, one thing that is likable. What's that? Jerry Maguire. It is. 1996, Jerry Maguire. Man, this is one of those. You could probably say this about a lot of them, but has it really been 23 years since Jerry Maguire came out? We say this every week. Insert the number of years. Exactly. Written and directed by Cameron Crowe, who also did Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And really, when I went and looked through Cameron Crowe's, because he's one of those guys with a big name, but when I looked through his... Short resume. Yeah. Like this... Fast Times, Almost Famous, Say Anything. He did. I didn't realize he directed Say Anything. But, uh, I mean, those three, he also did Vanilla Sky with Tom Cruise. But those, this Fast Times, Say Anything, probably, I mean, heavily weigh his name to one end of the scale. But there's a lot, there's, there's not even a lot. He hasn't done a whole lot else otherwise. Well, and like one thing about Jerry Maguire is that he spent three and a half years writing the script. So maybe that's why his resume is so... I don't want to say shallow, but there's not a lot of hit points because yeah. he's done a few movies and they've all been big. And Almost Famous was semi-autobiographical. He wrote that as well about roadies. and out With on the show roadies, yeah. Yeah, and he did the show roadies too. Which was phenomenal. Which, it only lasted for one season. It's unfortunate. It is. The cast on that was huge. The stories were good. I w- did you watch that show? I did. This the, is the, the one year it was on, it was was it HBO or Showtime? Showtime? Was it Showtime? Yeah, I've got both. So and as that season went on, that show got better. I thought I did too. And then they took it away. I guess not enough people were wanted to see what happens out on tour. <laughs> right, they saw it all already. <laughs> That's right. So Jerry Maguire, of course, 
the uh, the the quick synopsis uh, synopsis a sports agent has a moral epiphany and then he gets fired for expressing it and then of course along the way he decides to put his new philosophy to the test as an independent agent with the only athlete who stays with him and his former secretary which also becomes a love interest <laughs> so that's a good synopsis of the movie right there so this <laughs> When we did our top 10 football movies list, I included this as a football movie because it obviously includes football. It is not, I guess, what you would say the overarching theme of the movie. I think it's, I think it goes. I said that initially when we did the list. Right. But I still think you can include it as a football movie because it. The, the sport that it deals with, he, he's not the agent of a baseball player or a basketball player. He's the agent of a football player. And so I, I think it goes in this order. I think it goes romantic comedy, sports movie, football movie. Would like you agree with keep, that? Keep breaking it down like that? Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, like It's just crazy. You don't even see him on the football field until he's watching him at practice. You know, like three quarters of the way through the yeah. movie, and then you get you get the montage of him. There's a lot of montages. through the season. Yep. There's not a whole lot of montages. There's a couple. There's one there? on draft day or the draft lobby scene where he's glad handing everyone. Yeah, I guess that's true. Mike Tirico looks where they like kind of jump nerd. around. Yeah. That's true. I forgot about that. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a fair. So you always talk about relationships in movies, right? And that was why you liked Feel the Dreams because there was a relationship between. Well. Costner That's not necessarily why I like it. it, because it's interesting. When I sit down and watch these movies, a lot of times my wife will watch with me. And what I've my point was when we did Field of Dreams is the the relationship stuff, the the stuff that's not macho guy, right. true sports stuff. That's what gives it broad mass right. appeal. Because like what I because I and I can't even tell you like I'll be sitting there watching something and all, all of a sudden my wife will go, oh, that's cute. And so that's how you can tell. That's the the broad mass appeal that I'm talking about. It 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 appeals to both the guys and the 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 girlfriends, the spouses, whatever it happens. People to that be. aren't sports fans. That's the per bro- se. yeah. So like the romantic comedy thing is going. Obviously that that skews more toward your girlfriend, your wife, whatever it happens to be. The sports stuff is what sucks the guy in a little bit more. See, and I'm just shocked that this That's movie had enough sports stuff in it. For you to enjoy well, it. Look, it's also it's it's also a good comedy, and there are also a, a ton of good lines right. in this movie, and we're going to get to some of that. And like watching it again, because all of these movies that we've done, we've we've pretty much for the most part we've we've both seen them. There have been one or two that that maybe you haven't seen, and it struck me just how many good lines, like how it's a funny movie. It's a good movie. And there are a, a, a lot of good lines in there. There are a lot of lines that I forgot about. Not well, not necessarily forgot, but it's like once oh, I yeah, started that's watching funny, it, that's it's like, good, oh yeah. man, yeah, yeah, it's good. There's a lot of good stuff in there. So would you say that one thing you've learned from this movie is that there's more lines than you remembered? <laughs> is that where you're getting at? <laughs> Maybe so, because we always do that. But I mean, this is like also for Tom Cruise. For, for one, Jerry Maguire is based on the sports agent Lee Steinberg, who is a uh, a football agent predominantly a football agent he makes a cameo in the movie with Troy Aikman who he represented as well but I mean Cruz is on a roll it Mm. started with Top Gun in 1986 and he goes color of money cocktail rain man 
Born on the 4th of July, Days of Thunder, Far and Away, A Few Good Men, Interview with a Vampire, which eh, is maybe the, the stinker in this whole thing, then Mission Impossible, and then Jerry Maguire. And you didn't even mention all the right moves. Well, that go, that's before that. Not necessarily big hit, but I mean, yeah. you can that's go hit back. hit after hit. Those are risky business. Yeah, I mean, massive starting movies. Starting with Color of Money. Yeah, I mean, you're that's a, that's a string of 10 straight years of hits for for Tom Cruise. I almost think that we overlook his big hits because everybody's just like, oh, Tom Cruise is nuts because of the Scientology stuff. Mm-hmm. But if you look back at all those movies, whether you like the guy or not, they all did really well. No, absolutely. And I mean, you also had Cuba Gooding Jr. in this who played Rod Tidwell, the football player. He wins Best Supporting Actor he won for his role. He won the Oscar, yep. Yeah. And he never really becomes a huge star, though. I mean, he he's a name guy, but he never became... A-list guy after winning the Academy Award for this. He uh, was in radio. Yeah. He was in Which? The, <laughs> He was in the OJ movie. Yeah. Did he play OJ? Yeah. I forgot about that. And I think he won some awards for that. But again. But not a big star. A-list. He was in Pearl Harbor. No. And I mean, the OJ movie was just a couple years ago. Is that the one you're talking yeah. about? The one, I mean... So we're talking people, 20 years in between. Like, yeah. I'm not saying he hasn't gone on and, and had a nice, solid career, but he's never been he's never been bigger than when he won the Academy Award for this. That's true. And that award might have solidified him as like being an actor, but didn't propel him to great things. Right. And I mean, that's kind of – that and happens a lot when you're talking about the supporting – I was going to say, and it was a supporting role. It wasn't yeah. the main – Marissa Tomei, as an example, she, my, my cousin Vinny, but – they kind of tried to make her a star after that. She could never be the leading actress after right. that, though. This is my favorite Kelly Preston movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and what's funny is in this movie, I hate almost every Kelly Preston scene. Yeah. Where, almost every, with the exception of one, maybe. Yeah, when she punches him, it was pretty funny. Okay. Okay. Is that what you thought I was going to say? No. <laughs> I know where you're the going. The one that we probably shouldn't talk about. That's what I was, I mean, was going to keep it classy. Yeah. That's why you're unlikable. <laughs> Comments like that. Man, we're just going to keep on that theme, huh? No, so you said... The Stires is unlikable theme. That, <laughs> there is so much love stuff in this movie, mm-hmm. which Jerry Maguire might be my favorite movie overall with no umbrella, just any movie. Mm-hmm. That's how much I enjoy this one. There are not a lot of continued... There are not a lot of antagonists in this movie. There's not a lot of antagonist themes. I mean, she is a... She 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 punches in there quickly, and she's a nice antagonist. Jay Moore is a nice antagonist, but he was great. There's not a whole lot. Yeah, for for the amount of time that they're on screen, they the Arizona Cardinals are a antagonist. Yeah, a little bit. Glenn Fry. Yeah, because they keep the, stirring the it, not Glenn giving him the contract. Yep, and of course Renee Zellweger. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say even at some point Rod Tidwell was an antagonist. I guess that's true. Because he's I mean, kind of pulling a, his strings and, and working on him a little bit. Right. How hard are you going to work to be my guy? Right. Which we'll get to when we get to lines and scenes and all that stuff. Renee Zellweger, though. Now, she was nominated mm-hmm. for, for was it lead actress she was nominated for this? or Yeah, support? yeah. but did not win. But it. she did not win. But, I mean, it was her breakout role, really. Yeah. This, this launched Renee Zellweger's career. I have somewhere in here that uh, the day that she was cast in the film, she hadn't had any work in so long that... She went to the ATM and didn't have any money in it. Really? Like the day that she accepted the role. I can see that. So this really got her going. Absolutely. And I mean, she goes on. She does the Bridget, Bridget Jones. Jones Diary. 
was it trilogy that it ended up being? I don't know. You were probably a big fan of those. <laughs> weren't really my speed. You know, I looked on her IMDb. Was Kelly but, Preston in yeah, them? I didn't realize Chicago was 2002. I mean, that has been forever ago now. You're kind of laughing. I like, am I know anything about Chicago. Well, do you just... Yeah, uh, I mean, I realize it was a musical, but I mean, to no, me... No, that's not why I'm laughing. I'm laughing because every single movie, you're like, oh, that's been that long already? Oh, it's been this many years already? It really has, though. Well... <laughs> Time's but, but the I mean, same. But that also, I guess my point being, that it's a while ago because we went back and looked at Renee Zellweger's career, and it's been more misses and dry spells than hits over the long haul. So this, and I mean, she's kind of become a punchline now because of the plastic surgery and everything else. She looks completely different right now. She actually has a a movie out, a biopic. So. But this is it's, the high point. She's for had her. some dry spells because we, we looked. She went from 2010 to 2016 doing nothing, and I don't know if that was self-imposed or because she wasn't getting roles. You know, the the, the stereotypical what happens in Hollywood to 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 females as they age and 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 that kind of thing. I don't know how much that played into it, but she is in that Judy Garland uh, movie right now, titled Judy, and it actually some of the scenes that I've. That I've seen. Sampled, yeah. would you say? Looked pretty good. Yeah. Jay Moore, you mentioned, he plays Bob Sugar. Which I didn't know he was a comedian. Like when I oh, watched this movie, I didn't. This was right. I was, yeah, I guess I was only 11 when it came out. So you're going there, huh? No, it's I'm just been saying. that long ago. So this is the first time I ever saw him in anything. And then okay. I saw him for a minute. He had like a late night show on ESPN. Yeah. I'm like, oh, they gave Bob Sugar a show. And then I was like, <laughs> wow, he's a comedian. That's funny. Jerry O'Connell. Mm-hmm. He plays Cush, which Frank is, Cushman. It's funny because Jerry O'Connell and um, who were we just talking about? Which one? Cuba Gooding Jr.? No, just now. I forgot his name. Oh, Jay Moore? Yeah, they both <laughs> They both were on what the show. What are you on? I don't know. They were both on the show Las Vegas, if you ever watched that with James Conn. But I've heard of it. And I didn't know Jerry O'Connell because he did Tom Katz. He did a lot of movies, and this was his first movie credit. Wasn't that the one? It's a pretty raunchy comedy. Yeah, I want I, so, okay. Yep. Jo- Jonathan Lipnicki mm-hmm. plays Ray Boyd. Obviously, his first movie. Yeah, we'll get to to him in some of the lines. Bonnie Hunt, Laurel Boyd as the disapproving sister. She was good. She had sunglasses in her hair almost every scene she was in, and it kind of bugged me. I didn't even know that because uh, most you could have s- saved that for things that really bug you. Well, there we go. Now it's out there. <laughs> we won't bring her up again. All right. Did your opinion? Oh, and and of course, Bo Bridges. As well, brother of Jeff, the big Lebowski. <laughs> but uh, Bo Bridges come from, from the acting family. He plays Mr. Cushman. My word is oak. Hmm. How'd that work out? Didn't really work out well, did it? Well, it kind of did. Did your opinion of this movie change at all after watching it? <laughs> so I still love the movie, and I watch it all the time. Mm-hmm. But watching it through a sports movie's perspective, it's just not a sports movie. You're 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 going to... Continue down that track. Yeah, I sure am. So you're going to say, and what, I love the romantic movie. comedy, but I, not a sports movie. Definitely a romance movie. Maybe, maybe rom com at times. With sports, is but there's it, a continued sports theme throughout well, it because he's a sports agent, and the whole, in addition to their relationship, it's also about him trying to to rebuild his brand. You're right as and a if, sports agent. And if you want to keep giving it tags, I think the second one's a sports movie. Yeah, I'm fine with that. But when you think about what's the main storyline of this movie, is it him trying to get his career going? Is it him trying to get Rod a contract? Is it him with his love interest? I think that it's more of a love movie. 
in yeah, in the end, they try to tie in the two with with him trying sure. to get his career career going when he when he goes out there Monday Night Football in Arizona and he has the next epiphany that he really does love Dorothy. Although, you know, it, we I guess we can go down that road in a little bit when we get to some of the scenes and things <laughs> like that. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it definitely starts out being about him because it starts out with the clips of the different young guys playing sports, different sports, different states where they're setting everything up, and then he's in the hotel when he gets up and he writes out, not a memo, not a manifesto, not a manifesto, his mission statement. It's a mission statement. Dorothy Boyd, oh, I love your memo. Well, it's a mission statement. Right. Okay. Because there's a big difference. Troy Aikman, loved your memo. Yeah. (laughs) Mission statement. That's right. Um. Which, but it, it starts out being about that, and obviously it takes a while to set up the relationship and how it it, it it's and I mean we're it's just, obviously a relationship of convenience, and they they set it up as well in that bachelor party video with the montage of all the different girlfriends. Jerry, yeah, Jerry can't be <laughs> Jerry can't be alone. He can never be alone. And then Avery decks him and gets rid of him, and then well he got rid behold, of her. Oh, that's right. Because no right. man had ever broken up with her before. That's right, and that's what ticked her off. She yeah. punched him. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so it didn't even take what? Probably four hours, if that. He can't be alone. He runs straight to Dorothy Boyd and shoplifts the pooty. <laughs> <laughs> he never had that talk. <sighs> All right, you want to get to favorite? No. Uh, no, any, I don't. <laughs> anything you noticed while watching it that you didn't remember? before yes actually one thing it's kind of big and maybe i just didn't pay attention to the love stuff as much Uh i never realized in the elevator that she with the signing people the death oh yeah that was you you complete complete me me, and then that comes back at the end of the movie is that last line or not one of the last lines i didn't realize it already been in the movie that's earlier that's something that happens though when you see it on tv and you tune in in the middle if you don't watch it from start to finish you're gonna miss that scene right because that that happens a a lot. It's anything that happens maybe within the first 15 or 20 minutes of the movie, you completely space out because you tune in about a half hour in and then you sit there and you keep watching and it's like, oh yeah, that happened. Oh, I forgot about that One part. of those kind of things, yeah. What about you? Uh, just a couple, some little, just like people who are in it, like Eric Stoltz is one of the agents, the guy who was in Mask. He also had a great role in Pulp Fiction. He was the stoner dude who was selling John Travolta. I'm sure it's a great stuff. movie. But, no, I mean, he's been no, around in, in yeah. a lot of stuff back in the 80s. I mean, it's a really small role. He's on the on screen all of 30 to 45 seconds, probably. But he's one of the gaggle of agents in the agency when Jerry gets fired. So they're having the conversation. I saw a credit that Rick Meyer was in the movie. I don't remember seeing Rick Meyer. I remember I, I tried to make a list of a few. There was Drew Bledsoe he was in was it. In it. So which was, who was the quarterback at the end where he's like, well, how come you and I don't have that kind of relationship? And then Bob Sugar tries to like, kind of half-hug him. Was that Rick Meyer? I think it was Bledsoe, was that Bledsoe I too. I Bledsoe for I some reason. And it's still weird seeing those guys so young because yeah. I've seen them since they've aged. But I, So that was... Uh, yeah. I mean, there were a lot... Barry, now, Barry Switzer was more a sideline scene. Kajana Carter shows up right. a couple times. He's at the draft. Troy Aikman. Deion um, Sanders. Deion Sanders. Mel Kiper Jr., Mike Tirico. A young, dorky-looking Mike Tirico. Yeah, well, he's setting up to do <sighs> some interviews there, kind of radio row. During the montage. Kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Roy Firestone, of course. Up close. 
Excuse me. And this is like now, I think a lot of people forget about Roy Firestone. Do you remember watching? Did you watch up close when it was on? No. Because you're probably a little, you age under that a little bit. I might age under it, or even like their their subject matter wasn't appealing to me. Funny, I'd rather watch games. I don't care about this guy's life story. Yeah. The funny thing is, because I would watch up close, but they make fun of it in this. Oh, he's going to make him cry. They always like cry. he always makes everybody cry. But I don't really remembering remember seeing a lot of crying in the real up close. So, eh. little thing. But And then also... The Monday Night Football crew, Frank Gifford, Al Michaels, Dan Deardorff. I had kind of forgotten that they showed up in this at the end during that Cardinals-Cowboys game. And that's we talked about this with Summerall and Madden when mm-hmm. we were doing the replacements. It's kind of cool to see an actual good Monday Night Football crew. And Vince Scully was in love of the game. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot that Al Michaels did Monday Night Football. I remember Dan Deardorff yeah. and Frank Gifford, but I forgot about Al. Because Al once... And I, I, I can't remember exactly how the sequencing went, but when Gifford was out, I think it was he and Deerdorf for maybe a year or two. And then John Madden, essentially he started off at Fox and he became an announcer free agent and they brought him in to Monday Night Football with Al Michaels for a few years before he finally retired. And at some point Dennis Miller was in that mix. Oh my gosh. That's right. I think that was after Madden. They were trying to be different. Because Tony Kornheiser <laughs> was in that. I think it was, was it Kornheiser and Dennis Miller together? Do oh, that'd remember? be terrible. <laughs> I, we blocked that out on purpose. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, some good cameos. I mean, that especially Frank uh, Gifford, Al Michaels. And it's cool for any movie like this to get that kind of access to the players and the league. You know, you don't just see like random players like the replacements. There was were a bunch of nobodies and a guy that was forty five years old that looked like the quarterback. Yeah, but no um, this movie it's cool they had access to the actual players. All right, now's the time where we get to the stuff where we uh, we share some of our favorites, the favorites, favorite lines, favorite scenes. Yes, let's go favorite lines. There are a slew of good lines. And, of course, show me the money. You had me at hello are the two classics. So I know you've got this note. So where do those rank in terms of all-time uh, movie quotes? So show me the money, number 25, and you had me at hello, number 52, in the AFI's top 100 movie quotes. Not just sports movies, just but movie, movie quotes. quotes. Because they... I'm sure they classify this as a sports movie, but... And we were saying this... Did we say this before we went on, or were we saying this at the start? You can... <laughs> I know, it's like, we talk about so much stuff, I can't even remember when we said it. But, I mean, You Complete Me could have been easily, but then she followed that up with You Had Me at Hello. Right. So, I, I mean... It's, doubling down on the... Yeah, they're, the, I mean, they're doubling down on the big lines, and, and I think that probably kind of wiped that out. You had me at hello, because again, when you you're go back... You're splitting votes almost, yeah. yeah. It, no, yeah, that's, that's a great way of looking at it. You are splitting votes. And, I miss my wife. We live in a cynical world. A cynical world. And we work in a business of tough competitors. I love you. You complete me. And I just... Just shut up. Just shut up. You had me at hello. You had me at hello. You Complete Me gets trumped by You Had Me at Hello, and it's considered one of the best of all times. And, of of course, it becomes a Kenny Chesney song. Which is funny. Because Kenny Chesney and Renee Zellweger were married for, was it six weeks? Four months. Four months. 
and then it was annulled. Not even divorced. I really annulled. thought. I just really thought it would have lasted. I just. Well, he did not have her at hello. Those two. I guess not. They didn't complete each other. All right. So some of our other favorite lines: Bob Sugar. It's not show friends. It's show, show business. That's a great line. I thought that was. I mean, Jay Moore comes out swinging. For the time that he was on screen, he got his money worth. Money's worth early on. Well, I like the the line early on, which in my mind I thought it was Bob Sugar, but they're like, "How long do you give him?" <laughs> I give him a week. <laughs> You know, right. when he, they're reading his mission statement. Yes, exactly. And he's Donald Logue, by the way. Do you know who Donald Logue is? I do not. He was one of those guys. He was a comedian slash actor. He's done some other stuff. Did you he ever, looked super familiar. Did you ever watch any of the VH1, I Love the 80s, I Love the 90s, some any of, of those shows where they did a lot of pop culture? Donald Logue was one of the comedians where they had just a bunch of different people who would sit there and talk about different pop culture things that happen. He also he's acted in a few movies and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, so that was Donald, not not a huge huge name guy, but he was one of those who showed up in the in the VH1. I love the '80s. I love the '90s. I love the '70s. Those and, different things. And he was a comedian. Yeah. Huh. I believe he was a comedian. I want to. I'm. I. I think. Like. Uh, Mo, uh, oh, what was Mo's last name? Another one of those. Just, just a lot of right. not big name guys, but well, he comedians was, and stuff like that. Uh, Donald Logue was also in Sons of Anarchy, which is where I recognize him from. Okay, there you go. Mm-hmm. All right, throw me a line. Um, it's very early on, at the very beginning, and I wrote it down because it uh, made me kind of laugh. But I don't remember the whole context of it. But it said America sets the tone for the world, and the very opening scene when they're showing the globe. Uh huh. That's kind of a funny line because, especially in present day. I like the line early on where he says, I want Arizona dollars. Yeah. Rod Tidwell. Yeah. I'm an, I'm an Arizona guy. I want Arizona dollars. Yep. I was at the Sun Devils. I was at the Cardinals. I want to. What exactly are Arizona dollars, though? Because Wouldn't you want Texas dollars? You would think. You think everything's bigger in Texas. You'd want Texas dollars. Well, and kind of like some of my points of contention center around some of that. So we'll save, okay. save that for later. Uh, when Jerry leaves the agency, I'll see you all again. Sleep tight. <laughs> Yeah, I just thought <laughs> sleep tight. <laughs> yeah, like I okay. thought you were going to exit us on that yeah, one. Yeah, that's right. Sleep tight. <laughs> well, here's I think this is the best line of the movie. I forgot it was in there, and I laughed really hard when the kid goes up to Rod Tedwell and asks for the autograph, <laughs> and he says, "You're going to say, are you Hootie? Are you Hootie? <laughs> no, I'm no, not I'm Hootie. Hootie. <laughs> yeah. But when they pan to him because he's wearing a he's wearing a baseball cap <laughs> I in thought, Arizona State, I thought, holy crap, looks like Hootie. <laughs> and he's got a flannel shirt with a t-shirt. He looks just like Hootie. Which is awesome. Yeah. I mean, that was, yeah, I thought that was a great one yeah. as well. I, I had that on my list. Of course, did you know the human head weighs eight pounds? Right. The Jonathan Lipnicki. And I've got that, I think, in... In one of the scenes that we can kind of hit more a little bit later. Yeah, that whole car scene, there's dialogue going back and forth yeah. the whole time. Where and apparently that was, I guess, the Jonathan Lipnicki, Ray Boyd, he was saying that that came up like off camera or something. And then when he said that, everyone was laughing so much that they decided to work that into the script. In twice, that. even. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. He did use it twice, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. I like uh, eight pounds. Go ahead. My word is as good as oak. I actually wrote down as a line because yeah. I think that was kind of a. It wasn't a funny line, but it set up a lot later. Right. Good point. So, uh, Rod, I feel like I'm five years late for the prom <laughs> at the draft day lobby yeah, when they're draft day. Yeah, I just he, thought that was a good line. Yeah, that's pretty funny because yeah, because he's obviously 
has nothing to do with the draft, but Jerry's trying to parade him around and just make sure he's seen by a lot of different people. He introduces him to Mel Kuyper Jr. It's kind of confusing to me, really. I never thought about it till just now, but he's kind of an outspoken guy the whole movie, so why wouldn't he enjoy something like that? That's true, because was, that was like the one time where he was kind of a shrinking violet kind of guy, where all of a sudden... Yeah, it's like, oh, I'm five years late to the prom. Uh, yeah. Strut your stuff, man. You're a pro. You're out there. And does that even happen? I know I shouldn't go into things that bug me. I'm just thinking out loud as I think it. Because why would you bring Tidwell? I Here's one thing I learned. I forgot that he hadn't been a rookie. Or he already had played in the NFL in this movie. For some reason, I thought this was his rookie year. Oh, okay. But obviously it's not. So that's kind of a weird dynamic. Yeah, he was in his... I guess, I guess he's... He was obviously still under contract because it starts out at the draft and then he goes into the next season. He's still under contract, but then he's working for that next contract, I guess, after that year. But why are they bringing up – why would you bring this veteran guy to, like, the draft lobby? Don't you think nobody's going to care about a free agent signing no, on and, the draft and day? I mean, I thought about that too, but you're just I guess out I'm, there to be seen, I'm just, I guess, is I'm, the big thing. I'm getting too much into the sports of it. Yeah. To hear that, To hear you say that makes me love you, baby. When he says, the uh, Tid- or the Rod, Rod. The, yeah, Rod Tidwell, man. Yeah, what are you on today? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So you want to try that line again? <laughs> to hear you say that makes me love you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You can find us here every week. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> All of the Dickie Fox stuff. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't enjoy that as much this time around as I did the first time, I guess. Like roll with the punches. Tomorrow's another day. Yeah. I don't know. I, sometimes I helped it transition from one scene to another yeah i did i mean it was a good transition point but it wasn't i wasn't entertained overly by it it reminded me of the replacements when john madden's narrating keanu reeves kissing the cheerleader <laughs> right it's like almost out of place and super <laughs> cheesy but i enjoyed it it worked yeah. for me uh more rod tidwell you think we're fighting and i think we're finally talking i've that, always liked that, that scene that's a, it's kind of like us my <laughs> I mean, that epitomizes us, right? So which we should start each podcast with that. I am out here for you. You don't know what it's like to be me out here for you. It is an up-at-dawn, pride-swallowing siege that I will never fully tell you about, okay? God, help me. Help me, Rod. Help me. Help you. Help me help you. I'm sorry. You are hanging on by a very thin thread. <laughs> and I dig that about you. No contract? I help me. I help you. Help everybody. <laughs> That's, my, That's my man. Hey, I'm happy to entertain you. Help me. Help me. <laughs> I'll see you in Los Angeles. Sherry, come on, man. Hey, see, that's the difference between us. You think we're fighting, and I think we're finally talking. Which one of us is Ron Tidwell, and which one of us is Jerry Maguire? <laughs> I'll give you Tidwell, since you're The talented you're one? Younger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Sure. <laughs> uh, that was one of the top five lines of the movie, I believe. Taking out the hello and whatever, can you complete me once? Yeah. How about this one? The oh, assist- so you actually like that was one of your, you put that as one of your higher echelon lines from the movies. You- that line you just delivered, yep. Okay. How about this one? He would go home with a gardening tool right now if it showed interest. <laughs> the first time he shows up and he's right. drunk. Right. That made me laugh. Uh, another Rod line, I already mentioned this once. A real man would not shoplift, shoplift the pooty. And then Jerry says, I didn't. I shoplifted the pooty. Yeah. That whole se- when they couldn't get him on a camel. When they're, yeah, they're trying to get on the camel at the shoot of the commercial. Yeah. 
Uh, Dorothy, I've got this great guy, and he loves my kid, and he sure does like me a lot. And obviously that, it goes with, you know, that, more to the romantic comedy. All right, now you're bringing us down. Side of things. Yeah, but I mean, it's a good, it's a good line. How about when she, <laughs> just after the wedding, and they're cleaning up in the kitchen, and they cheers on a beer, and she goes, if you screw this up, I'm going to kill you. Uh, that's not what sister. she said. Yeah. yeah, that's not exactly verbatim what she said. Yeah. Keeping it. PG. Another good and then one. he goes, I'm glad we had this talk right after it. <laughs> All right. So then, you know, I had Aikman. I enjoyed your memo. I thought that was good. And, of course, You Complete Me is in Aww, there. Aw, thanks, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Any more favorite lines before we go to scenes? No, I think you nailed them. Okay. So now we're on to favorite scenes. And, obviously, some of these lines bleed into the sure. scenes. But there were, I mean, there were a lot of good scenes, too. So before watching this movie... What scene or what line do you remember the most as the most iconic from this movie before you watched it? Show me the money. That's it? Yeah, I think so. I guess I can see that for me it's the the dancing after he's injured scene. Okay. Like, I don't know. In my mind, that scene's 15 minutes long. And maybe it is. That is like a scene that could have been in the replacements. So it makes sense that you would like that scene. And how come? Okay, I won't get into that. (laughs) No, I, mean, do you, I, no, do you, I was going to say something else. Do you no, disagree? I agree 100%, yeah. but that's why I also like the replacements. Because it was uh, yeah, it was over-the-top stuff. They're but. like, oh, he's going to get flagged for this. At least they reference it's kind of outlandish what yeah, he's doing. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I mean, the show me the money. You've got Rod Tidwell in the kitchen on the cell phone. He's got the, the Arizona State sweatpants, no if, shirt. Even though he hasn't played there in years, Yeah, exactly. Apparently. Exactly. Yeah. But, I mean, there's a waterbed warehouse poster <laughs> on the wall. An ant yeah. line. His biggest endorsement yeah. at that point. Now, I mean, Jerry's got other... So at the time, Jerry's sitting in his office, and it's when he's trying to rescue some clients to keep going forward, and all of his lines are lit up, and he's thinking, come on, Rod, just say yes so I can move on, go right. to the next guy. Right. But Rod obviously won't let it he's go. He's going to make him earn it. That's exactly right. Show me the money. Show you the money. Oh, no, no, you can do better than that, Jerry. I want you to say it what you would mean it, brother. Hey, I got Bob Sugar on the other line. I'm going to hear you say it. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Show you the money. Show me the money. Show me the money. Louder. Show me the money. That's it, brother, but you got to yell that shit. Show me the money. I need to feel you, Jerry. Show me the money. Jerry, you better yell. Show me the money. Congratulations, you're still my agent. But the That's whole me. scene is iconic. Yeah, one of the one of the best scenes, it, or at least funniest scenes, and definitely one of the most memorable scenes in the movie. Yep, show me the money. Yep, big line. All right, so what's what's uh, what's yours? Is would that well, be your number one, or do you have another one that would like I said number one? And I don't know why I'm coming from this weird spot, but the dancing scene in my mind, like it's seriously 20 minutes long. So that stuck out. Then seconds to show me the money scene, and I love the end of that scene. After he's fired and he walks out, he's like, the last line he says to uh, Dorothy as the elevator door closes, let's see how they work now. <laughs> and as soon as the door closes, they all just go back to work like normal, right. like, like he was never even there. So I thought that was funny. Yeah, the same, the same one where he says, see you all again. 
sleep tight. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, and I've got that on my list too, where he's he sees the fish, he's trying to figure out who's coming with him. His secretary he thinks his secretary's gonna come, but she's like, Oh, Jerry. Right. I'm getting my Three raisins. months. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so he picks up the fish. Fish have manners. The fish are coming with me. Yeah. All right, who's coming with me besides Flipper? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which keeps showing up throughout the movie. Yep. Yeah. So I mean that yeah. It what one thing I like about this movie in general is it's a long movie. I didn't remember it being two hours and twenty minutes. I didn't either. And, and it, I'm surprised that it's two hours, but it's also it's an easy watch. Yeah, and there's there's not a lot for a two hour and twenty minute movie. There's not a ton of fluff. I didn't oh, think you, you just stole my line. I was gonna say, but for all two hours and twenty minutes, every scene had a reason, had a purpose, yeah. it all tied together. I thought very well. Maybe you could take out part like the whole part where she's gonna move to San Diego. They could have had him get engaged in a different way. Yeah, and I was happy they they put the engagement and the wedding right away so you didn't have to wait another 15 minutes. Yeah, because that's really probably the slowest part of the movie, kind of when they're out to dinner with the Tidwells, mm-hmm. the wedding, him going back after her. What if we got married? What, bringing right. her back from San... But, uh, it's all but it obviously up. has to be there. Right. It's it's the slower part, but it has to be there. It, it ties it all together. So I think the whole movie had good... Pr- and that's obviously why it was up for an Academy Award. Yeah, exactly. One of our favorite movies. So another one of my favorite scenes when they're in the hotel room at the draft with the Cushmans. That's probably those other scenes are iconic. This scene's probably my favorite, like sub iconic scene. Right, Jerry thinks that he's Cush's agent, and it's the night before Cush here. Yeah, and so he he answers the phone, and then he realizes that he's being double crossed because he answers the phone rings in the room. He answers the phone, Cush here, like you said, yeah. and then and then it's Bob Sugar. At the other end, and Bob's going, is Jerry there? Sniff if he's there. Yeah, and so he sniffs, and you can just see Jerry's face change yeah. when he realizes he the double cross is in. And because at that point in the movie, Cush was actually his main client. Yeah, because that was the one that was going to get paid. Right. And he, yeah, he's yeah. he he stood to be either the first or second pick in the draft. Yeah, I mean that that was going to be his real cowbell, but instead, yeah. no, nope. he loses out. And then, and tell me you didn't sign with him. I'm still moved by your whole my word is oak speech. <laughs> right. And why did they leave him? Because, because he was with. Which brings me to one of my favorite scenes, that whole montage of him at the draft lobby. A little out of place because he's not a rookie or anything, but mm-hmm. I enjoyed that scene because you got to see, like it was cool to see Mel Kuyper and Tariko and the way that he like kind of acted a little different, Tidwell did, than the whole interaction they had just after it where they talked about that. He's like, you know what was great about you? For five minutes, you took that chip that lives on your shoulder and got rid of it. Right. And I actually had that on my my lines list, and I forgot to read that. I'm glad you brought that one up. No, oh, you know, that's what I'm here for. Yep. Um, and then I, I think probably one of my next favorite, this might be number two out of the whole thing, but I, I think I kind of went chronologically here, Jerry and Rod are in the shower in the locker room together. Yes. It was a funny scene. He just kept going, too. Like, I know. They're like following yeah. each other through, I am out here for you. You don't know what it's like to be me out here for you. It is a pride-swallowing siege that I will never tell you about. Never help fully me together. help you. That's another good line. Help me help you. Right. Yeah, I mean, that is. It's a, and it gets lost in this whole thing because there are so many good lines that, in this movie. That that line itself in another movie would make the whole movie. Yeah. And re- then Rod comes back. You are hanging by a thread. I dig that about you, baby. <laughs> and that was the quad uh, talk. About the quan? Yeah, quan. Yep. 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 That's right. 
and that uh which later in the movie when he gets his contract from the Cardinals and it's not a good one that scene makes me laugh because his wife is going off on Jerry, blah, blah, blah. And then Dorothy Boyd steps in. and she, Right. She wants to show him the right. mission statement. But she just Never. yells and yells and yells. And then yeah. she then it all gets real quiet. And she goes, sorry, I'm just not as good at the insults as she is. <laughs> no, you were pretty good. Yeah, no, you were pretty good. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> all right. Any other scenes you've got on your list? Um, Yeah, I know it's cliche, but the up-close scene at the end with... Roy Firestone. Yeah. I thought that was a nice way to end the movie. It was good. And then here's a question for you. Okay. Would you be – well, I was more emotional. might not be the right word, but I felt more emotion. How about that? With uh, Jerry and Rod than Jerry and Dorothy. That's funny because J- – well, like, I was about to say Jerry. Um, Tom Cruise – I feel like if you watch a lot of Tom Cruise movies, <laughs> he has never had much chemistry with any of his female whatever counterparts that are supposed to be his like his on-screen chemistry with his female co-stars has not been good, subpar, very subpar. <laughs> and I think you're right. It's like there's more bro sort of chemistry than with, with Tidwell than there is with Renee Zellweger. I mean, that's part of, like, in this movie specifically, you kind of need that. Mm -hmm. But I think it's almost semi-intentional just because, again, if you go back and watch the catalog, whether it is Top Gun or or even Mission Impossible where he's got some love stuff, or just go back and watch any of his stuff. There's not a lot of good female cocktail might be the best, but at the same time, with Elizabeth Shue, but at the same time. And you haven't watched Days of Thunder, but he has a relationship with his crew chief. And then obviously we met Nicole Kidman and they actually dated and got married. And Mm -hmm. it was still more for me with the crew chief than it was with her. But I think in this movie, the the scene where Rod Tidwell comes out of the locker room and he's like, where's my agent? Where's Jerry? Where's Jerry? Yeah. And like, there's all that media. And then they just embrace that hug. And then she, he has to give him the phone and then he just runs away to go back to his wife. I thought that scene was one of the more powerful scenes of the whole movie and way more. The Dorothy and Tom Cruise almost annoyed me because it's like you there's so many red flags and warning signs. If you ignored them this long, that's your own fault. Yeah, exactly. Like you had a reason that you were going to move to San Diego. But she became infatuated with him first. From the jump. Yeah, at the very on the beginning. airplane. Yeah. Right, when they're coming back from the convention where he writes the thing. Listening to his story while her son was getting sick in the bag. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she was willing to overlook a lot because she needed it. She didn't have a guy and, and any of that stuff. Sure. But right. anyway, I just wanted to bring that up. My, one, I, the last scene that I have is the kitchen scene where it's the morning after. And yep. Dorothy and Laurel, the sisters, are in there, and they're, and they're they're talking about him. Turns out he's listening in the hallway, and Laurel calls him a bottom feeder, and and Dorothy is saying, "I love him for the man he is, and the and the man he wants to be, and the man he almost is, and and all that different stuff." And then you hear Ray say, "Hi, Jerry," <laughs> the and then she goes and checks the hallway, yeah. and she's like, "Yeah, he's there." Yep, and then. <laughs> Then uh, well, he comes in and he says, we bottom feeders prefer cereal first. Because she's like, do you want coffee? <laughs> yeah, we bottom feeders prefer cereal first. Yep. And then they cheers with the spoons. Yeah. But then again, Dorothy sees the bond that they have going on and it warms her heart because single mom. And that's, I mean, that do also you, leads Rod to the, you shoplifted the pooty. Do you but, know what the exact next scene is after that? Which, funny, good scene. I enjoy it. Do you know the exact next scene mm-mm. is when they're standing around the office and they're talking about waiting for the contract to come in. 
and she says, hey, thanks for this morning. You were great. How you handle it is like, yeah, let's just focus on this with for the now. Muffins. Yeah, yeah, with the muffins. Yeah, with the muffins. And he hands them to and her. And then, yeah, because then you see the look on her face where she realizes, oh, I'm still – I still work for him, right? Regardless. So that was see. There's these red flags. I mean, that's what yep. the movie is. It's no, there were conflict. But. There were. So let's let's get into things that bug you. Anything that bugs you about this movie? You've kind of referenced one or two here and there. So the one of the biggest ones for me. Why did they go to lunch? Why did Bob Sugar take Jerry Maguire to lunch? Easy question. Just well, I mean, Jerry answered it when they were sitting there because they're in a public place no, and he's not going to make just a scene generally to fire him, right? So then after lunch, what does he do? Goes back to the office? Yeah. And then he gets his list of clients' phone numbers from his receptionist, and they let him just stay in his office calling all of them? Oh, after he's already been fired. Yeah, Yeah. they let him go back. Well, I mean, I guess you kind of have to let him go back, right? You don't have to give – you don't have Wendy or whatever her name was give him his client list. You don't let him use the company phone to try and – Recruit clients. You, you probably away. have Wendy box all of his stuff up while you're out to lunch. Sure, you and have a whole crew sitting there. Yeah, and it's like, all right, here's your stuff. There's the door. Get out. Right. No, that's a good point. And you don't let him sit in there and screaming all yeah. these things. And I right. get it's for a movie, but that kind of bugs me. Like, well, maybe he could have done that like frantically from home or something. Yeah. All right. Anything else? Jared? I don't have a whole lot. I've really just got one point. Really? So if you have more, go ahead. Um, I'll go through them quickly. Jerry talks about himself an awful lot. <laughs> I mean, that's the movie, and it's Jerry Maguire. I well, get and it. it is supposed to be based on an agent. I, I get it. They tend to have inflated I guess it, opinions it almost of themselves. Like made me sad when he's drunk. No, he's drunk, so whatever. But And he also r- doesn't play a drunk well, No, by the way. But Ray starts— but I think that goes back to the Scientology, doesn't it? The, the, they, don't, they don't drink, I right. don't think, right? But yeah. he Ray says something about his dead dad. And Tom's like, no, I'm talking about me right now. It's like, <laughs> okay, at least like acknowledge it or right, something. But right. that was kind of rude. And then um, they had like one date, and then the next morning she says she loves the guy, and he's like, fine with it. And then they're together like yeah. more than just like, okay, well, let's just see how the second date goes. Right. And then engaged and married very short time later. Yeah. And then um, they were too broke, so she was going to move to San Diego. But then they decided to get married and everything, throw this party, and it's like, how did you have that money if you were down to your last dollar already? Well, they didn't. They didn't have a whole lot of money though, because like the mariachi band that was in the Mexican restaurant that he kept shooing away ends up playing at the wedding reception. Do you remember that? Yeah, and that's uh, that's one of the but, things that I well, you know probably even, didn't even, notice the first time. Even if you have like a house wedding, it's still going to cost money and. Going through that whole process. Well, it's going to cost some money, but, but it's not going to cost that much money. I mean, look at what the – it's not like they had a big spread or anything. But then they how are they the, saving they money? The porch but, in the backyard. How are they saving money on getting married to begin with? Because that's how he kind of served it up. It's like, I know how we can save money and make this better. Get married. Yeah. It's like, okay, I guess. <laughs> All right, if that's what you really think. All right, mine is kind of minor, but at the same time, it bugged me, and it's the timeline – they're playing a Monday night football game. On Christmas. Was it Christmas? Yeah, it was. It was Christmas Eve, right? They say it's a Christmas edition of Monday night football. Okay. But, I mean, the Christmas thing doesn't okay. bug me, but it's just the fact that it's Monday night football, which means that the game is getting over. Let's see. If a game kicks off, back then it probably was still around 9 o'clock that they were kicking off Eastern time, wasn't it? Yeah. I so don't. if it was kicking off at 9 o'clock, that's around 6 o'clock, which means it's over... 9 30 10 o'clock right 
So it's 10 o'clock, they're getting over. Then you've got all that time after the game, Rod's still being attended to. You've got to get to the airport when Jerry has his epiphany. And so then now you're after, you're, you're talking about probably by the time you get out of LAX and you're on the freeway because they're in Los Angeles, right? See, that's what I was trying to figure out. I mean, you're talking about he's probably walking back in the 3 house. Three, I mean, 1 a.m., 1.30 is being if you're generous. quick on everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if everything happens very smoothly. So the the Desperate Housewives group yeah. <laughs> is still sitting there at 1.30 in the morning rehashing all of their stuff when he walks in the door. Yeah, that's why Ray wasn't awake. It was late. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that, I don't. I guess it, it's fairly minor, but at the same time, that's like they they could have set it up a little bit differently. It could have, you know, maybe they wanted it to be a Monday night football game because it was a national audience. And, and back all that. then, that was the only game. Well, I guess, did they have a Sunday night game back then? But they're also again, it's Christmas Eve, and so all the desperate housewives, or what what did they call it, the lonely housewives, sure. or whatever yeah. the group was, they're going to be sitting there on Christmas Eve. They're not out with their families on Christmas Eve doing their thing. They're they're in Dorothy and Laurel's living room hating men. <laughs> they say they hate holidays because they make them feel more lonely, so maybe that's why they all got together. Their, their support group. Okay. But the rest of it, the timeline doesn't add up. That's fine. Yeah. It, well, the that, Divorced Women's Club, that's what they called it. And at the same point, kind of, he comes in, He's obviously the whole speech but it bugs me. He said we had a big night tonight. How did they get a big night? <laughs> what made that night a big night? That Tidwell Rod getting hurt. <laughs> that he that he had a touchdown. Yeah, because he's had several touchdowns before. Yeah, one touchdown on Monday Night Football, and then they're like, "Oh, we like had a that's going to launch night. a client, yeah. right?" Yeah, but I guess it did. He ended but up it with, got him into the yeah. playoffs. Nope, so. no, it didn't. It didn't. I thought that they I thought said that, that got him into the playoffs. They said they had to win their last two games, so we don't even know. So if there they was made still the another game out yeah. there. Okay, but he got his contract out of it. Yeah. Does this hold up over time? I think so. Again, a lot of the, I don't think we've ever really said a movie hasn't because sports is kind of weird like that. It's always going to hold up. Um, this particular movie was an Academy Almost winner, so of course it's a quality movie. I mean, there's little things we can nitpick, like there was no texting in it, so that doesn't hold up. Well, and the fax machine, that, like, that changes that whole scene because no one's sitting around staring at a fax machine waiting for an it's It's a minor thing, but you've got to figure out a way to rework that. A little bit. Or maybe you do, because some of the legal stuff is still facts because you can't mm. hack a fax. Isn't it email? Mm. Depends what it is, because some of the emails can be hacked. Like, and I stuff. bought and sold a house recently, yeah. and a lot of the stuff, it's, it still, it's still email when you're signing off on different things. So, or um, Again, minor, the, but still. I bought the scene where Tom Cruise is waiting on the porch while she gets ready to invite him in for the first time. The au pair right. gets relieved of his duties, <laughs> and he gives Jerry Maguire a cassette tape. <laughs> right, yeah, that's right, man, and that was ninety six. So I was and already CDs thinking these were even right. Yeah. That was the fringe of those. Yeah, no kidding. And then um, I thought one another reason it does hold up. What the one of the very what makes him have this epiphany when he's laying or not when he's when he's standing in the hospital while that hockey player had a concussion again. Yeah, and that's what I was going to bring up the whole concussion thing because Rod has had multiple concussions. That's a recurring thing, and then he's knocked out cold. During the Monday night football game, there's no real concern over the concussion, with the exception of at the very beginning with the hockey player and this kid. But that's pretty weird because it's like still it's such a big issue now. 
Well, that's what I'm saying. It, yeah, right. That's, that's what, what I'm saying. saying. It, it does be, hold up. Yeah. It would it would be dealt with differently. Oh, absolutely. Tidwell wouldn't be back in the game ever. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing too is is Tidwell. I mean, he's not even concerned about the concussions. There's for from him or his his wife. I mean, the, the concern is is he going to be able to get that big paycheck and and keep going forward? There's no concern about the the ramifications from CTE or any of that kind. They of They don't give an answer, but one scene during that montage of the season, he lays in a CAT scan, and you hear Jerry. I think it was Jerry. That's someone right. asked, "How many concussions does he have?" And it was like five or six, wasn't it? Yeah. And then he's like, "Jerry, I don't need to be in here." As he's like getting wheeled into that MRI machine. So, yeah, yeah it's weird. That even back then, they, that was kind of that's probably when it started to become an issue. Right. About guys getting. Yeah, you know, you were talking about the thing with the text. I mean, the cell phones were still they had they're walking around with antennas popping off the cell phones. Yeah, again, subtle things, but it's weird seeing some of that. But I'll let that go because that's a timepiece. But right, to my holding up. Any casting changes you would make to this? There were so many that I read that were considered. Uh, one that was interesting because Cuba Gooding Jr. won Best Supporting Actors. So obviously, it would be tough to recast him, mm-hmm. but. The idea of Damon Wayans playing him. Damon Wayans was going to be there, huh? Yeah. And I could see that at That's the time. That's what I'm saying. Like, eh, pretty... He was a bigger name at right. the time, having Damon Wayans. Still kind of is, isn't he? Eh. Maybe not bigger, but back then, definitely. Yeah. Tom uh, Hanks was going to be Jerry Maguire. And the reason they didn't do that is because he was too busy making that thing you do. Right, because he was going to direct it, or he did direct it, and everything. That, well, and then this movie, like I say, it took him three and a half years to write. That's why Tom Cruise, he was initially on board for it, or Tom, uh, Tom Hanks was initially on board for it. But it, it took so long. Because it was going to be Tom Hanks and Winona Ryder originally. I couldn't. That movie would that not have been. It just seems like too big an age difference. I agree. One. And I wonder in this movie, because she references at one point, she's the oldest 26-year-old that she knows. Right. And how old do you think Tom Cruise is in this? That's I, a good, he's, he's got to be in his 30s. So it's not anything crazy, but yeah. Winona Ryder to Tom Hanks would be like tw- early 20s. Yeah, because to- Winona Ryder was still a teenager in the late 80s. So she's like in her mid-40s, mid to late 40s right now. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I mean, it, it just seems like, and, and just the character itself of Tom Hanks. Well, I can't imagine Jerry Maguire being Tom Hanks. I mean, it's a completely different movie, don't you think? By the time that the script was done, Tom Hanks was too old to play the the role of Jerry Maguire. And then they said that Winona Ryder was still able to commit, but the screen tests were done with Tom Cruise. They said they looked too much like brother and sister when standing together, <laughs> which kind of goes back to so what you said. So that's what did it in. <laughs> so it's kind of like what you said about um, his chemistry with people. Winona Ryder is 47 currently. Mm-hmm. Tom Hanks is 63. So he is 16 years older than her. Yeah. So I don't. So you're going to do the math on the other two? I'm looking the other two up here. As fast as your internet quickly. can go. Yeah. This is bad radio. Cruz is 57, <laughs> so he would have been 10 years older than Winona Ryder. And even those two. But they're I like think. brother or sister. Yeah. Did you know, uh, here's a random fact while you looked that up, Cameron Crowe's mother was in the movie in that divorced women's club. Oh, really? Yeah. Gave her a cameo. And Renee Zellweger is 50. So he and seven years. Yeah. So he and, he, or she, he, she and Cruz are a lot closer in age. Right. Um, another weird fact, um, 2015, as of 2015, this had the record for the lowest gross by a number to win the weekend. No kidding. But it was, what, what the, was that? Um, 5.5 million in ticket sales. Man. But that was the fifth week. It was number one. So 
And adjusted. I mean, you have to adjust inflation. Right, but like, everything that, that's not opening weekend or anything. Yeah. Um, well, about- I remember, and I can say this about a handful of movies, but I do remember seeing previews mm-hmm. for Jerry Maguire on TV and really had no clue what, what it was about when I saw the trailer <laughs> on TV. All you really knew was that it had Jerry Maguire and really a bunch of people that you didn't really know anything about. Because right. think about the rest of the cast at that time. Zellweger was a no-name. Cuba Gooding Jr. was a no-name. O'Connell. Yeah, O'Connell was probably the next biggest name, but no, most no. people knew him from like 20 years or however many years before when he did Stand By Me. Yeah. He wasn't a name. Yeah, right. you're right. Um, you're right. He's more of a name now, but yeah, I mean, really, Glenn Fry, but he had such a small role that that didn't matter. Kelly Preston, no one knew a whole lot about her. Um, well, how, do you think they purposely did that? Because I know some movies they like to not, like you said, Friday Night Lights didn't have a well-known cast, and it mm-hmm. helped the movie be almost more successful. Like, if you had a Jamie Foxx as the Rod Tidwell character. Would it have been too much? Because even Jamie Foxx, though, back then, like if they would have had Damon Wayans, he, because they Living Color and mm-hmm. everything that, that he was doing, he was a little bit more of a name back then. But you, it still would have been, it, it was still just essentially Tom Cruise. Here's another one I read about Tori Spelling potentially being Avery. Yeah. Right. I agree. But she was also Nine, big at the time with 90210. Mm-hmm. Connie Britton was one of the choices for Dorothy Boyd. Hmm. She was the second. It was um, Renee Zellweger and then her. That would have been... I could have seen that. Um, Jennifer Lopez turned down the role of Dorothy Boyd. Because wasn't... She turned it down. Oh, not good enough for Jennifer Lopez, huh? That's what they said. Felt the role was not right for her. Interesting. Um, Connie Britton would have been... Her career arc... Because I think... Was she still doing Spin... Was that Spin City going Spin on City? at the time? I don't think so. Let me see if I can find it here real quick. Other people that were considered for Dorothy were included Patricia Arquette, Cameron Diaz... Nicole Kidman, Molly Ringwald, Uma Thurman. <laughs> First episode of Spin City, September 17th, 1996. That was the same year right. that this came out. So, no, she would have been just as off the map as Renee Zellweger. So how about for Avery, Jennifer Connelly, or Meg Ryan? I think Meg Ryan. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Although, because that was such a sm- it, it was such a small role. Maybe that's why she wouldn't have been interested. I don't know if she turned them down or they See, turned think, her down. I think Connie Britton would have been better for Avery than she would have been for Dorothy. I think so. Yeah, that's that's a good one, too. Um, Alec Baldwin, Johnny Depp, but you Sean also, Penn, John you, Travolta, and Bruce Willis were all considered for Jerry Maguire. You do have John Travolta was considered for Jerry Maguire, mm-hmm. which, and he was actually who I was getting ready to mention because being married to Kelly Preston and they're all with the Scientology. <laughs> I'm not sure, but maybe that had something to do ultimately with with it being cast. Really, Travolta. I couldn't picture him as. I think Tom Cruise was expertly cast there. I think so too. I think it it ended up for the best because I think it becomes a more not totally sleepless in Seattle, but along those lines, mm-hmm. you know that you've you've got male sleepless more along those tones that it ended up being. It, it's I think it's less of a of a really sharp, snappy comedy than it is a, a much more romantic it lost comedy. Yeah, in the 90s, you know, mush of yeah, movies. I think so. Instead that's, of standing up like this. That's a great way of putting it. Well, and we'll end you. on that. Okay. How about that? Sounds great. Don't forget, subscribe to us on iTunes while you're there. Rate us. 
leave us some feedback. Feel free to suggest a movie for us to, to discuss here on the podcast. Yeah, we'd love to do that. Jerry Maguire, and that's going to do it. Bobby Hensley, Sean Styers, two guys talking sports movies.